Welcome to Be More Super the Podcast. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. An action-packed podcast where we'll discuss all things entertainment. You're the answer to are we alone in the universe? Conventions, prop collecting, cosplay, interviews, reviews, and so much more. The show starts with host Brian Gardner right now. So on this week's episode of Be More Super, the podcast, uh, there's a definite trend with the show at the moment because I'm getting quite a few guests from 24, and I've got to say this week's guest is probably at the top of all my dream guests from the show. It's, of course, Tony Almeida. It's Carlos Bernard. Welcome to the show, Carlos. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for having me. And I've previously interviewed people like James Morrison, uh, Xander Berkeley. Um, last night I interviewed um, Eric Balfour that played Milo, press pressman in the show as well. And uh, you're at the top of my list. I'm still trying to get Kiefer Sutherland. He's very um, sort of... Who's I, that? Kiefer uh, Sutherland. I'm trying to get him. Who is who is that? <laughs> <laughs> he plays a small part in the show, and and he runs he runs he runs around with a satchel. Uh, um, you I'll know, give you his and... address. You can just go stand outside his his door and wait for him and grab him. <laughs> well, I'm not at that point yet, but it could could be. My my uh, wife uh, watched 24 for the very first time the other night, and uh, all she could say was, "Is Jack always like this?" He's, he's always <laughs> tense and angry and running about. And I said, yeah, that's Jack. It's fine. Yeah, you know, we get right. nine seasons of that. Um, but oh, my God. How so is she's it... watching it 20 years after the fact. Um, I know. Did you watch it with her? Did you watch it with her? Yeah, well, no, no, no. I've, I've watched it probably uh, from start to end probably about four or five times now because there's so Does much to out? go. Yeah, oh god yeah yeah it does. i mean there's so, it does. there's so much that goes off in the show literally if you re-watch it you notice things that you never noticed before because it's so yeah. tense and the work that goes into it is fantastic uh, but before we chat about the show how is everything with you because i know that you're directing now um which is mm-hmm. awesome how is everything with covid and getting back to work and and all the restrictions uh well i i really was not working for the first i'd say nine months of it or so i I really decided i wasn't going to work until january 1st because i just wanted Mm. um you know i have a two and a half year old at home and i um i just want to make sure they worked out all the kinks and made sure they were doing things you know the best way possible before i sort of dipped my foot in the water and uh so i i Literally January 1st, I got on a plane to New York to go uh, direct FBI, which I don't know if you guys get FBI there, do you? We do, um, and it's an awesome you show. You do. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, this is the second year I've been directing it, and I, I, I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, it's a fun show to direct. Um, so that was my first, uh, first uh, time into the COVID world working, mm. and it's interesting. It's it's uh, it, it it takes a little bit of adjustment for sure. Um, the people that run FBI, it's a wolf show, and they uh, them they and Universal Television. I, I I I'm dying to know how much they invested into the COVID process because they had it so worked out down down to the tiniest detail. I mean, I never really felt. Uh, in danger you know mm-hmm. it felt perfectly safe the entire time uh, we get tested every single day before you step on the set wow. everybody so you know everybody on set's been tested every single day um the only thing that i really had a hard time dealing with not, not so much the mask but the, sh- the shield you have to wear and mm-hmm. you feel like you're in a spacesuit talking to actors sometimes and that that was a little difficult that's probably the hardest part to get accustomed to and then i finally i you know i, I had moments where i just grabbed the shield and throw it away and oh you, know. you dangerous person you <laughs> 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 do you know do, do, do you know what i was chatting to another actor the other week and he was saying that um when they were shooting his scenes he would take the mask off and how different it felt being 
close to someone else without a mask on that's not family it's yeah. just a weird yeah. weird process but I, I i suppose you know universal could have saved money and just got tom cruise on the set and he could be just shouting at everyone and that could have made it, pe pe people fall in line a bit quicker <laughs> <laughs> I, i've never worked with them so i don't know what is <laughs> what his working uh, practices are but whatever i yeah. you know i i it was uh it was fine i'm looking listen i'm looking forward to the day when we don't have to wear masks how's that that'll be nice oh, that's just going to be fantastic yeah. but let's talk yeah. about 2024 because um i you know the fans are just unbelievable for the show and 24 is a global sensation it really is and it keeps going it really does i mean what what do you think is uh, you know what is the su success of that show and why is it you know lasted so long amongst fans um i have no idea honestly i really don't know it's it's one of those things where i think uh, you know when it comes to television and films too i think you I, I just uh, you know if, if people knew why things were a success they'd be pumping them out all the time you know mm. it's just uh it's just uh, timing and and so many things have to go right for a show mm. to be good. Let's just start with good. So many things have to go right. Mm. And uh, to to have happen what happened with this show, it, it, it's it's kind of, uh, it, it, I, I sort of write it down to sort of a cosmic thing, you know? I mean, it's just the, the stars aligned and um, this show became what it became because you know, I, I will tell you a story that I'm not sure if I've shared this before, but I I did the pilot of 24, and I was just a guest star on the pilot. Uh, but when we shot when we shot the show, I just had a special feeling about it. I loved the cast, and the way it was shot was obviously at that time very different. You know, um, and uh, it just felt special to me. And I was offered, and we, you know, what happens in, in that situation where you shoot a pilot maybe in April, uh, March or April, and then you wait until end of May to see if it gets picked up to series, you know? And so we were in that period between the time we shot the pilot and the time uh, the show got picked up, and I was offered another show to go. That had been running for a while, and... Um, it was okay. It was a job, you know, but, uh, I wanted to wait for 24, you know, and my agent at the time kept calling me and trying to get me to take this other show. And I was like, look, I'm not going to take it because I just have a feeling about the show. And, and if it goes, I'm going to slip my throat <laughs> because I'm going to be doing that other show that I have no interest in making a paycheck. And, uh, you know, uh, so, and he kept pushing me and pushing me. And I finally said, you know what? I was in a Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a Starbucks on the phone with him the final time. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Listen to me. Stop talking. Shut up. I'm not doing that fucking show. You want to do it? You do it. And, and he's like, but you're not even a, you're not even a series regular. You're just a guest star. And the chances of getting picked up as a series regular is, is infinitesimal. And, and I'm like, shut up. Shut up. I'm not doing the other show. And uh, and I was shouting. I'm trying not to shout here because my, my son's asleep and taking oh, dear. a nap right now. <laughs> but but I was I was literally losing my mind inside of a Starbucks. People are looking at me and it was uh, uh, anyhow. Um, so and thank God I waited because it is the truth mm -hmm. that if I, w I had been doing the other show and this one went and came, <laughs> what it did, I wouldn't... <laughs> You know, I don't. I would have grabbed the nearest knife. But the um, question is, oh, how well did the other show do? It's still on the air. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, <laughs> no. The other show, the other show was a soap opera that right. goes on forever. You know what I mean? I mean, those shows go on for years and years. Mm. Uh, I think the people that I worked with on that show are still still doing it right now. You know, the point is, is that you know you well i mean 
another example of that of, of things just aligning the way they do is i was on a different soap opera like a year before 24 and i i i got fired from it and i got mm-hmm. fired because i kept playing this character the way i wanted to play it which was he was kind of a, a loose wheel spanish painter had i thought i had a lot of humor you know and they kept trying to be to play this this sort of serious Spaniard, you know, soap opera Spaniard character. And I, and I, I was like, I'd just be like, you know, the thing with soap operas is that you gotta, you gotta go, you gotta shoot a whole episode mm-hmm. in a day, so you just gotta move. So you're only gonna get a couple takes of any scene. So they would give me a note, and I would be like, yeah, 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 that sounds good, that sounds good. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then I would just do it the way I want to do it. And after about ten months, they called me up and fired me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and rightly so, by the way, I would have fired me too. But um, that made me available for twenty four. I mean, literally, it was I think seven months later that I auditioned for the pilot of twenty four. You know, so it's that thing of like, you know, when I go speak to acting classes or you know any sort of young uh, up and coming actors, I'm always like, look at you. You got to do. You got to follow your heart. You got to do. Mm. what you got to stick with what stimulates you you know what 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 turns you on um and follow your instincts you know because all that's all you have are your instincts Mm. otherwise you're just following other people's lead and you're doing what they want you to do you know but anyhow so i don't know what we're back the question was was why is 24 successful i have no idea i really don't i i think it's just a I mean, there was great people behind the camera, great writers, really fine directors. The, the crew was spectacular. The cameramen were spectacular. You know, uh, the editors were fantastic. I would, that was sort of my film school for directing. I would go in and hang out with the editors. I would go watch them work. I would, you know, I would be on set when I wasn't shooting, you know, watching and just soaking it all up. I do. We had a cigar room in the, in the, in the studio where we would go anybody who smoked cigars would go up there and hang out and and all the writers did so i would sit there with them and sort of pitch ideas back and forth with them and and it was all just it, it was just a special group of people that came together and then to i think to add into it you know in all the seven years that i did the show nobody was ever phoning it in nobody was ever taking it for granted I think we always, all of us, including Kiefer, knew what we had, that it was special, that it was to be revered and treated properly and to put your best in every day and not take it for granted. And I, and, and, and the crew as well, the crew was right there with you the entire time. No, we had such a small turnover and crew. It it was, everybody was just sort of in it, you know, Mm -hmm. in it to in it to make it as best as possible and so there's that element but then Mm. you could do that and a show could still fall flat on its face you know Mm. so a lot of that is timing as well and what what an audience is is craving at the time i guess you know and talking about the pilot um tony almeida nearly never existed uh it was and andrew geller am i right in saying that have i got the information right that is right. As I don't remember now. I remember that, but yes, as you say that, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So your yeah. your 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 character was going to be called Andrew Geller, but thank goodness it was Tony Almeida because that suits you hell of a lot more. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, that's. I think that's what happened. I think they, uh, they, they cast me, and we were literally, we were about to walk on set to start shooting my character's first scene and we were in the hallway talking about the character's name <laughs> we were still trying to come up with the character's name because joel Cerno, who who created co-created the show was like we we can't call you andrew geller that's ridiculous we, uh and so we'd been shooting names back and forth and we'd come up with they'd come up with tony almeida and then they came down at the last minute uh literally the last minute before i'm going to go out on the stage and start shooting the first scene and my name is used in the scene and so we had to finally we had to pick one 
And so they come down and Joel's like, well, we can't use Tony Almeida. We can't, we, we, uh, it has to be Tony O Almeida. And I'm like, that, that's like, that's like a porn star name. It's the yeah. Tony O who's called Tony O, you know, <laughs> well, we can't clear Tony Almeida. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. Tony O Almeida. <laughs> Tonio, you, you need to have a shirt. Well, that's, that's, open. What, that's what we have to go with. That's what we have to go with. So uh, I'm sitting there in the seat, and I'll never forget it. Kiefer comes walking into the office, turns to me, and he's like, Tonio, Tony, Tony. And he's like, what? What the hell's your name? What's his name? And they're like, Tonio. He's like, Tonio. God bless him. He's like, I can't call him that. I'm calling him Tony. I can't call him that. <laughs> and so we shoot the scene. He calls me Tony, and there it is. And it was, uh, thank God. Good old Kiefer. Because Tonio <laughs> would have been killed off in episode three for sure. Oh, do you know um, what? Tonio would be a soap opera actor with a shirt oh, open, hair, for, hairy chest, and medallion. Romance novel know. or character, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So talking about your character as Tony Almeida, how much of that character was you? And how much of the character was was uh, you know created by the show? I mean, how how much of of your stamp was on that character? Uh, I mean, I think you can't. Uh, I think you have your. I mean, I personally, I think that. Uh, I guess I can't speak for other actors, but for myself, there's a there's a large part of yourself in every role. I think. I think you, if if there isn't. It, there's usually something that 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 bumps me if that's the case with actors. I mean, I, even somebody like da- Daniel Day Lewis. I mean, I'm, there's I'm sorry, there's going to be a large part of who he is in that character, no matter how much he transforms himself. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of me in that character for sure. Um, there's, uh, um, I, I, I think. Honestly, the character written on on the page when I got the script, I was like, "This is not even." I don't have a prayer in getting this. I don't even know why I'm going to go in and read for this. Honestly, and and because of that, when I went in to read for the show, I, I was I was so I was I remember being in the waiting room talking to friends that were there waiting to go in and read, and I was so I had I had so little on it because I was um, because the the part was wrong for me, you know. Mm. And it was much more intellectual character, much more sort of uh, tech-oriented character. Mm. And um, and I was like that. This, so I, I think what happened is that the, it's just not even remotely similar the character. So I think there is a large part of me in the character. I I shaped it, um, and they wrote for that. You know, one of the things with television, especially, is that they will write for they'll they'll write for an actor they'll give you a lead you can give them the lead as well and 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 that's sort of how a lot of characters develop on television um so yeah i think there's a large part of me in it and what sort of training did you have to go go through for the role of tony because we see tony handling guns you know fighting on screen jumping about i mean what sort of training goes into that for an actor well, I had competed in martial arts. I, I, from the time I was like nine years old, I think I, I was um, uh, always involved in in martial arts. So the fighting part, and I'd done a lot of stage combat as well. Um, so mm. between those two things, uh, the the fighting part was not was something that I already was already a part of me. But uh, and I and, and although I had handled guns before on shows and films. Um, yeah, there was a little bit of training with, with the guns and going out to a range and sort of uh, learning how to shoot them properly and hold them properly and all that stuff. Yeah. And did you ever, ever, ever get injured on set, you know, during the uh, shooting? Yeah, but it's always the stupid things, you know. It's always like <laughs> you catch a corner of a door on your arm or, you know, it's never getting punched <laughs> by somebody by mistake. It's always bump. It's always you wake up like, Maybe you're going to sleep that night or wake up the next day and you have something that you caught on something during a fight the day before that you didn't even notice 
at first because of the adrenaline and then you get home and, and suddenly you're like, wow, what the heck is that? <laughs> you know? Um, so just like, you know, just the nicks and scrapes and, you know, bumps, nothing serious. I mean, looking back at your character, because obviously, as you mentioned, like 20 years ago, the show started, you know, did you ever imagine Tony to have such a character arc through those no. seasons to where you are now? Because that's just astonishing. It really is. No, it was really pretty special. I, you know, I knew, again, when we shot the pilot, I knew that there was potential for the character. I knew there was a, a great place to go with that character. Um which is one of the reasons that I was really, uh, I, even though I was just a guest star on that pilot, I, I just had a good feeling about it story-wise where you could go with it. Mm. But to go, to go where they went over the years and years of it, you know, um, no, I, I did not expect that. That's a pretty special thing. Not, you know, it's, it's one of the great things about television. If you, are on a series that runs for a while, but also if the series isn't just a procedural, that's basically, you know, the case of the day, mm. if it's a continuing storyline, which, you know, most shows are now in that day, that was very rare. I mean, in fact, they were thinking of canceling the show the first season because of that, because of the continuing storyline. It was at that time, it was wow. CSI. You know what I mean? Like every mm. episode has its story. And so one of the problems with that show at the time was the continuing storyline, which of course now is pretty much every show. Um, mm. And that's, what's wonderful about it. You know, it's like a book. You just keep going with those characters. Uh, but, but that was pretty special about that particular back then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and we see you share the screen with many actors. Some By the way, they act did, they did have to, I'm sorry. They did have to yeah. write Fox asked them to write a spec script for season two where the show turned to every episode was its own story. Right. And they were thinking of doing that for the second season and then ended up oh, not man. doing it. Thank God. Thank goodness. Yeah. Because could, could you <laughs> imagine That's... that one episode? It's like, no, no. it doesn't, it doesn't no. make it what it is. Um, <clears throat> so you, you sh share the screen with so many, wonderful actors who has been yeah. your favorite to share share the screen with uh, you know acting opposite on that show yeah um man uh i love working with cherry jones um uh um who else? Uh, there was a great scene with John Fort, um, season seven. I'm sorry, John. John. I'm sorry, John. John. John Voigt. Voigt. Is John Voigt. Oh, I loved working yeah. with John Voigt. I yeah. loved working with John Voigt. Yeah, he was one of my very favorites. You know, it's funny, John Voigt. Oh my God, he was such a joy to work with. He really was. He's such a good guy, and he came in the very first day he, we were shooting together. He came into the makeup trailer and he comes up and introduces himself. And I'm sitting in the chair and he's standing up. He's like, he's like, uh, hi. He goes, I just wanted to introduce myself. And he says, I'm, I'm John Boyd. I said, hi, how are you? He goes, he looks at me, he looks me up and down. He goes, Tony Almeida. <laughs> and just, I'm just, just need to take you in a little bit here and get, you know, it was just kind of, <laughs> he was already in character. He was already in character. He was already like, what is it I'm up against here? I mean, <laughs> he, was, he was sussing it out right there. It was hysterical. I mean, he was a lot of fun to work with. Yeah. I bet. I bet. Yeah. Um, but, um, but, but, but yeah, some, some, some great actors. And uh, do you ever keep in touch with any, with any of the, any of the cast? Are they on speed dial? Do you text? Uh, I do. I, you know, every once in a while, I will tell you a funny story. I just came back flying back from Miami to LA. And um, I was, uh, we, you know, we have to, my, my son's two and a half years old. So I, I we try to get night flights, right. We try to, 
take off at about his bedtime, like around nine o'clock or so, right? And I couldn't get three seats together on this flight. Um, so I was like, I, I bought, but I had to get back. So I bought these three seats that were separated. And uh, and I called ahead the, the day we were flying to see if I could move them together. And they're like, we can't do that. You're going to have to try at the gate before you get on a plane. So we go to the gate early and we ask the guy at the gate, hey, can you, any chance you can move these seats together? Because we have a two and a half year old and I don't think anybody really wants to be sitting next to them. And apart from us also and blah, blah, blah. So he gets two of them together. He couldn't get a third one together. He goes, well, we can, we can, uh, ask the person sitting there if they would switch with you. That's our only option. I'm like, oh, okay. So he gets on the mic. He goes, uh, uh, Marilyn Rice Cup. Marilyn Rice Cup. <laughs> it was Mary Lynn. Oh my who, God. Who was sitting in the seats. How funny. <laughs> How funny. <laughs> she, comes she comes walking up and I'm like, what are the odds? <laughs> can you, what are can the you odds? Imagine? Can you can you imagine the people I mean, there? I mean, I kept going, looking at her. She's looking at me. I'm like, wait a second. Wait, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, she was like, No, I won't switch with you. <laughs> Bless you. Bless you. Uh, but that was unbelievable. That was this last weekend that it just happened. Yeah. So, oh. and I, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I've been in contact with Marilyn. I actually tried to get Marilyn to. Uh, to act on an episode of Hawaii Five-0 I was directing, it was there was this comic character that I thought she would be great for. And she was like, she had another job that was conflicting and she was trying to work it out. She couldn't she couldn't get free to do it. That would have been a blast. Well, you know what? I was chatting to James Morrison the other the other day and uh, I said that you were going to be on the show and if he had any gossip. He said he wasn't there, but I don't know how much truth is in this. Apparently... You got arrested on the set of Twenty Four. <laughs> I mean, what is that about? Can I hear it? And could you tell me more? Oh yes, I can tell you more. So, <laughs> this was season. Oh gosh, I don't remember what season. I think it was season four, maybe. It was season four, I think. Yes, mm. and uh, oh my gosh, what's her name? The actress. Uh, oh gosh, she's I'm blanking. She's really great. She played the the terrorist woman in the in the pilot. Um, Mandy and then Mandy. Yes, she played yes, Mandy. Mandy. Yeah. Um. Kirsch, so Kirshner. Uh, Kirshner. Mia Kirshner. Yeah. Mia Kirshner. So this was a scene in season four. We were uh, so we were shooting a parking garage. Uh the entire day about two hours out of LA hour and a half out of LA all the scenes that day were in this parking down there in this area and it was basically Kiefer myself and Mia in all the scenes just us so we had the whole encampment out there right so anyhow I drive up in the morning and um, I was talking to John Kassar who's you know our main director on the show and John Kassar is a wonderful guy he's always in a good mood he's like a little kid you know when it comes to especially 24 he freaking loved working on it and so it was a joy but this was towards the end of the season and you know when you get mm -hmm. to the end of the season after 10 months it, you're tired everybody's tired and he was kind of in a cranky mood and uh and i was like i pulled up and i get out to go into my trailer and mia's sitting outside of hers and she goes hey how's it going i'm like good how you doing she goes i'm really good i'm feeling mischief i'm feeling mischievous today <laughs> and i go oh really she goes yeah i go you want to play a practical joke on john kassar and she goes sure i go great so i call over and I don't even know why I thought about this, but I, I called over the co the police that were guarding the set. You know, they're they're uh, they're guys that are on duty and guys that are off duty. And these guys were on duty, and they I called them over and I said, "Hey, would you like to play a practical joke on our director?" And they're like, "Sure." <laughs> and uh, and I go, "Great. Um, why don't at about what time are you guys off at?" They go three o'clock. I'm like, "Perfect. Around three thirty. 
why don't you walk onto the set and say that you tell Mia that you caught her buying pot off of an undercover cop in the parking lot outside <laughs> and that you were placing her under arrest. And they're like, oh, great. Well, usually what happens is we'll go up and we'll ask her if she did it. And usually they they confess right away. She goes, oh, perfect, even better. So ask her and then she's going to admit to it. So you're going to start cuffing her and then I'm going to start swearing at you and yelling at you and then you're going to arrest me too. <laughs> and and the cops are like, great, beautiful. And um, I go, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to freak the hell out of the producers. And uh, so 3.30, like, awesome. So I'm sitting there, you know, looking at my watch and um, we're shooting some scene with Kiefer and Mia by a car in the garage, standing outside of a car. And right on cue, man, these guys come walking on the set and these, these 80s come running up to, to uh, John and they're like, hey, John, John, there, there's police on set. He's like, what? Was, yeah, there's, there's police on set. So we go walking up there, go walking right up to Mia and they said, uh, ma'am, uh, did you, uh, uh, our undercover officer said that you, uh, bought marijuana off of him in the, out in the parking lot. And she's like, yeah, so, and they're like, <laughs> okay, we're placing you under arrest. And they start cuffing her and John Kassar and the other producers are like, oh, officer, officer, there must be some mistake. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Are you kidding me? You're, this is what we pay our tax dollars for. This is, they're like, sir shut up. I'm like, no, I'm not going to shut up. This is fucked up. This is what you're, this is what we're paying our tax. This is where our tax dollars are going so that you can go arrest little girls in the parking lot buying marijuana. And they're like, sir, one more out of, word out of you <laughs> and you're under arrest. I'm like, fuck you. And they're like, you're under arrest. And they start cuffing me and, and John Kastar starts just exploding his head. And I turn the key for, I'm like, how come you're not saying anything? He goes, Hey man, I, I'm on parole. <laughs> yeah. I can't say anything. <laughs> awesome. That is awesome. And, and John, John grabs me by the throat. He's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're, you're screwing everything up. And I took a camera out of my pocket and I just clicked a picture of his face. <laughs> he's, he looks at me. He's like, oh my God. And that's when he realized that it was a, uh, you know, a practical joke, but, uh, <laughs> It was pretty funny. Everybody, you know, the, the other thing is that they're all on the phone back to Fox going, we have a problem. We have a problem. <laughs> Two of our actors have been arrested. We can't shoot anything, you know, which yeah. is hundreds of thousands of dollars down the drain, right? Yeah, I so, bet. Uh, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. So at least you didn't get really arrested, which was good, because when he told no, me to get, ask you about it. I don't think I got really arrested any time. I don't think I did, no. <laughs> Good, good. No. But you've but but you've died on the show and you've been resurrected, um, you know, quite a few times. I mean, I was reading here that apparently, I don't know if this is right. Tony was originally supposed to die on several occasions. Uh, the first being when he was shot in the neck at the beginning of day three. The second uh, time in Mandy's car after it explodes towards the end of day four. The third time, he's supposed to die with Michelle when their car exploded in day five. And lastly, when he was oh, supposed yeah. to be murdered by Christopher and uh, Anderson. In, oh, yeah. How five. many times is that? Is that four, four times? Yeah. The one, <laughs> the one that sticks out in my mind of all of those was the day five explosion at the first episode of, of day five. Mm. Because... Um, I was driving to the airport after we wrapped season four and I was driving to the airport to pick up. I think my mom was coming to visit or something. I was driving to the airport and I get a call uh, from all the producers on the phone. And I was like, oh, this isn't good. This is not good. And, uh, you know, when the producers call you at home, I've learned never a good thing. Uh, yeah. So, uh, they call me and they say, Hey, listen, we just want to tell you how much we love you and how much it's, how great it's been, you know, uh, working together. And, uh, and I'm like, Oh boy, here it goes. And they're like, but we got to tell you that, um, right now we're, uh, 
we're going to kill you in the first episode of season five. I'm like, oh, really? And they're like, yep. So, yeah, we are. It's hard. It's a hard decision, but we feel like for the story, it's the you know, best thing that serves the story. And and I go, well, so how's it going to happen? I said, well, you know, you and Michelle are, are now living together and you go out to get in the car to go to work and uh, the car blows up and you both die. And I'm like, huh? I go, oh, well, seems to me like you're wasting a good story there, but okay. And I, what, what do you mean? I go, well, I mean, wouldn't it be better if she died in the car and I lived to go after her killer? I mean, then you have a whole storyline. Mm. And they're like, uh... <laughs> you're writing it for Let me. us get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Literally, they're like, well, let us get back to you. I'm like, okay. And so... <laughs> That's, so you basically saved what, your own job. <laughs> I saved my own job. And by the way, I think I had done it before in, I've been writing for, you know, as long as I've been acting. So this is the thing is that I would go in with, I, I would go in with scenes that I thought would be cool in certain episodes and God bless them. This is the other great thing about this show is that it was completely collaborative. And in, in that if you brought in ideas, they would be like, yeah, let's do it. You know, or sometimes, no, like, we can't do that. That doesn't work. You know, mm. but they're open to them. So at this point, I've already, I'd already have four years of that of pitching ideas. So it was natural. And we, like I said, we would sit around a cigar room and pitch ideas back and forth about things. And that's just the way we were together, you know? Mm. So at this point, it wasn't that outlandish for me to come up with an idea like that. But yes, I did. I saved my own ass. <laughs> <laughs> and talking about scripts, um, you know, season season seven or day seven. Um, I've got was to say, after that you, idea, by the way, that was, was season it? seven came from that. Well, that's where that idea oh, started, yeah, of course, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, and 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 that day, you go from, um, you know, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad throughout it. It's like li li literally, are you on Jack's side? Are you on the other side? And are you yeah. double agent, triple A? You know, how far in advance did you have the script and knew the storyline? Because it must have been crazy for you for you to get your head around the fact of the scenes and 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 putting your head into Tony's character. You know, well, <clears throat> you wouldn't get scripts that far in advance. I, I would get ideas from them uh, how where it's going to go and stuff. But mm. um, I, I think the thing is, is that it would help me with this show especially that season was um my character's objective was to be the good guy mm. in their eyes i mean uh, i mean anything I, I want them to believe me no matter what is going on right uh, mm. so <clears throat> to me it was I guess to me, I was always going on, my character needs to get the killer to my wife. That's what it's mm. all about. No matter what, no matter I'm considered a good guy, a bad guy, whatever it is. In the, and in the audience's eyes, my mm. character's objective is to get to the guy who killed my wife. And so that sort of roots you through the entire story, right? So yeah, things would change and go back and forth but it always aligned with what my objective was as, as an actor and that for that character mm. if that makes sense yeah and then at the end of that we, we we see you disappear um and then 24 ends and the world mourns and then all of a sudden we hear 24 legacy is coming to our screens and um, you make a surprise appearance and then you you're in 24 legacy which i've got to say is stunning um and you're the only original cast member from you know the 24 pre previous to be in legacy what was it yeah. like to have finished that journey with 24 and then come into 24 legacy it was uh it, it was interesting because um when I stepped on set, my first director was John Kassar, who we worked yeah. together for whatever. He was uh, he worked on all all seven seasons that I, 
and then and then my next director was Stephen Hopkins, who Stephen Hopkins directed the pilot of Twenty Four and the first season, right? So it was a, it was very sort of uh, wow. This feels really familiar, um, and somehow this character is back in me, and I don't know why. Um, like it didn't it didn't take a lot of effort to get back into that character, um, even though the world was very different and the characters were very different that he was surrounded by. Um, but it felt, it felt oddly like a, um, like a dream sequence of some sort, like, uh, mm. well, this is wild. Oh, we're back here again. What's, you know, <clears throat> so, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I wish it would have done better and I wish it would have had, uh, a longer run. Mainly, I was supposed to direct in the second season of that and, uh, because I was never able to direct 24 because we shot two episodes cross border. So there was no way for an actor mm. to be able to do the prep and shoot of that show um so i was really looking forward to directing uh, legacy but that didn't happen and the so, question you probably get asked all the time all the time do you think we'll ever get you and kiefer and the band back together for another season i don't know i'm kind of shocked that they haven't in mm. a way you know um yeah um they did legacy, which is, you know, uh, I'm not sure. I think Kiefer would do it. I think I can't remember. I think the last time I talked to him, I think uh, there was a point where he didn't want to ever do it again. And then he, I think, you know, I don't know. I can't speak for him, but, but uh, I don't know. I, I guess it's possible, but they got to do it soon before I'm on, before I'm like using a cane walker <laughs> you'll be a lot sore in the mornings after filming now That's, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. You'll, be, you'll be feeling it a lot more you'll be letting other people do the fight scenes uh did you yeah, keep anything did... sorry sorry what you no say? i was gonna say that in legacy i had a, a long fight with Corey hawkins's character and it was a fun fight it was it was a long one and i remember i had to stretch out extra for that day you know <laughs> Extra stretching. <laughs> Ice packs everywhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was going to say now, did you uh, keep anything from your days on 24? Did you keep any, you know, souvenirs uh, or borrowed anything, should I say? Because I know that a lot of people... Hold on, hold on one second. Ah, yes. It sounded like you was making a drink. <laughs> Wait there. I'm just going to have a look. Oh, no, I can't see it. To the, to the, there we yeah, go. There, there we, we go. go. Oh, the Mighty Cubs. Yes, that you had in <laughs> near enough on the table in scenes. <laughs> I, get, I get fan mail to the Cubs mug, by the way. I, Do you I, really? They, they, yeah, they call it Cubby. I've had fan mail songs written to Cubby. Oh yeah, they, uh, yeah. I kept a few things, you know. I kept, I kept a few little things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I think I, I still I, have my jacket from one show and from one yeah. episode, and one season. Because <clears> uh, the spon sponsors of my show, Prop Store, uh, they they sell TV and movie screen used costumes and props. And I actually yeah. bought a Keith Sutherland's shirt and jeans from day five. Uh, oh, really? Was, or, or, yeah, yeah. So, um, and he's small. Is he really that small in real life? Yeah, he's yeah. He's, I don't know uh, why I just said that. He's a, him twice. He's a he's a skinny he's a skinny little guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've I've seen I've seen him in concert a couple of times uh, with his yeah. band, and he's actually really yes. good. Uh, so, so I'm really pleased, pleased for him because many actors go into music, and they're yeah. not very good. And but uh -huh. for taking the acting aside, fantastic mu mu musician and 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 singer. Um, That's so, great. I've uh, only seen a music video of his, but yeah, 
I agree. Yeah, he's good. You should go go mm-hmm. go and see him. Um, and then quickly before we wrap up this wonderful conversation about everything twenty four, I've got to mention Supergirl because you was on an episode of that, which uh, for all the uh, CW fans out there and Supergirl fans, you play Sheriff uh, Oscar uh, Rodas on that show, and your storyline was quite a sens- sensitive one and was quite a good storyline. I mean, how was that? like to film because obviously you were the doting father that that had you know sort of difficulty accepting you know his daughter's um you know sexuality i mean how was that to film was that was that quite 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 a challenge for you um that's why i did it i liked yeah i I really like that storyline a lot The, the combination of his fear for his daughter um uh and his perception of the United States in a Trump world, you know, really. Uh, mm. But and, it's all changing. Uh, it's all changing. It's all getting, 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 getting better. I think so. I, I, slowly. I feel like it is slowly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the uh, being a Mexican American in the U S and then also having on top of that, having, um, uh, 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 having a daughter who's gay and being worried for, mm. for her well being, you know, and, and, and being a little bit stuck in the past, you mm. know, mm. it's definitely a generation thing. And, and mm-hmm. I think, it, you know, inclusion and diversity is a massive issue at the moment. I mean, if you could change anything about Hollywood, uh, would 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 that be the start of it? Because it, Hollywood at the moment seems quite broken because there's always something, you know, bad. You know, it's it's never rosy, um, as they say. Well, I mean, look, <clears throat> Hollywood. My perception of Hollywood has always been that um, it's filled with people, myself included, who come from dysfunction right who come from highly dysfunctional families i think at times mine wasn't highly dysfunctional but it was dysfunctional we had our problems we had our issues you know mm-hmm. and i think that artists uh good artists usually come from that sort of a background i think people that come out to hollywood to sort of bag the elephant so to speak are trying to you know, trying to prove something or um, uh, they've got some, they've got issues to deal with, right? Yeah. So when you build an industry on that of, of, it's not to say they're not good people. I'm just saying that I'm, by the way, throwing myself in the lot. When you build an industry uh, with people who, who have a sort of, come from a dysfunctionality you're going to have issues you know you're going to mm. have issues and it's never going to be perfect mm. and there's well, absolutely well, things that can be can be addressed you know and continue to be yeah and and hopefully one day it will be rosy and we'll all recognize that we're the people i don't of think Earth. it'll ever be rosy i don't think it'll ever be rosy no you know no i don't think so i think it's I think we can strive for it, but I don't. I don't know that. I, I think it's just it's. Uh, um, I don't know. It's it's a, it's an interesting. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting subject, industry though, to yeah. say the least. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big. I mean, it's a big subject. It's a big. It's a big so 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 subject. But I suppose we can start with our kids. I think it's definitely a generational. That's thing. right. You're right about that. Yes, you're right you about know? that. Because my daughter, my daughter's a senior in high school right now, and I will tell you that they they absolutely think and act differently and it's and it's wonderful to see it's really wonderful but isn't it great because i've got a three-year-old uh li- mm-hmm. li- little girl and uh and, and a seven-year-old li- li- little girl as well and to think that we've we're as as parents we've got the responsibility and the opportunity to make them grow and not see color or race or or anything bad and do our best that way so uh yeah, yeah. definitely a, gen- a generational thing um and what's what's next for you that we can see you in or what you've d- 
directed? I know you just said that you was doing the F- <clears throat> FBI Most Wanted. Uh, yeah, I just did. A, I just directed an episode of the original FBI, and then another uh, an episode of FBI Most Wanted. Um, I'm not sure when they would air in the UK. They just aired in the US. Um, and honestly, I am right now just sort of shutting it down for a few months. My daughter's got a few months left in her senior year in high school. So I just want to be here and, uh, be with her. And then, uh, I don't know. Let's see what, uh, see what and, I do and, after that. And your daughter, does her, does her friends know, you know, you as Tony Almeida or, or is it a case of, no, no, I think the only, <laughs> her parents, <laughs> her friends, parents do right. But no, her friends don't, her friends make fun of actually that character from Supergirl. Yeah, my daughter showed me some meme that was going around of of my character losing his mind in this argument that he has with his daughter, where he's just completely like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what the caption was, but you know, <laughs> so no, they don't know me as Tony Almeida. No, no. Oh, Carlos, thank you so much for giving me your time. It's been an honour and a definitely tick off my bucket list. And um, I can't wait to see more of FBI uh, most 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 wanted. And you, you've directed MacGyver as well, which I think is an awesome show. Uh, which yeah, is a MacGyver. Great, great, I mean, I watched I, I, I watched the original back in the eighties with Richard. Yeah, Dinham. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and this is just fantastic. And Magnum PI. So uh, yeah, you're doing an absolute yeah. st- st- sterling job, and you'll forever be my Tony, Tony Almeida. And I've got to say, I was quite <laughs> scared to do this interview because your character scares me a bit because you don't know which side of the fence that they're on. Uh, but I like to think that he's a loyal, a loyal person that uh, will always have your back, sort of. I, I like to think of that. I like to think that too. But <laughs> like well, thank you, Carlos. Too. Um, all the best Um, I hope your family keeps safe and uh, look after yourself nice meeting you Brian take care you've been listening to Be More Super the podcast it was kind of a crazy fun experience I love the show guys you're awesome listen my whole family loves it man if you enjoyed this episode be sure to hit the subscribe button and share with your super friends my word